We've been talking about building on the rock that is Jesus, building on his word, building on him, because he is awesome. Amen? He's got some good things for us, and it's so good and so amazing that he's come into this world so that way we are able to actually build upon him. Jesus has been sent into this world to die for us, to rescue us from sin, and not only that, but now have a connection with God to now where we can build upon him. He is so good. So good. He's so great. He's so awesome. And I'm really excited. Hopefully, well, I, I won't say hopefully. Sorry, I don't want to, you know, set that up. I don't know if tonight's the last night of this mini series or whatever, but I feel like it could be the very last time we talk about it. I don't know. Maybe not the last time. We'll be talking about God all the time. So all the stuff intermingle. But tonight we're going to be continuing talking about building on the rock. Say, I'm going to build on the rock. You know, we talked about how in Matthew 7, it talks about how a wise man builds on the bedrock, the firm foundation, building on the word of God, because storms are coming. How many of you guys have been through some stuff, dealt with some, some crap, if you will, had some things thrown at you, had some stuff happen in your life that you're like, dang, that really sucked. <laughs> well, I've got good news for you. It's going to keep humming. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, but for real, I mean, you will go through things in this life. Trouble is happening. You're going to go through some stuff. There will be circumstances. There will be situations. There will be storms. There's going to go have stuff that goes on in your life. But the beauty of it is, the wonderfulness of it is, if you build your life upon God, if you build your life upon his word, you will always know how to navigate every situation that comes your way. And even if things come against you, and maybe it feels like, the crap has hit the fan and I've lost everything. You still have Jesus. And if nothing else, Jesus is enough. Amen? He is your hope. He is your future. He is your expected end. No matter what it looks like, Jesus is Lord for you. Amen? So we're gonna continue there uh, where we talk about that a little bit. So say, I'm a wise man. Wow, that was really weird. I'm a wise, mm, did someone start trying? I'm a wise man or a wise woman. Say I'm a wise man or woman. I'm building on the rock. I am not a fool. Miller's a fool, but I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No one's a fool. We're all wise people in this room. Amen. Amen. So we are going to be continuing to talk about that tonight. But where I want to start a little bit over here is in Psalms 40 out of verse one to three out of the message translation. I like the way it puts it in the message translation. Uh, I, I like to, uh, when I read scripture, you know, look at a couple different translations to figure out what exactly is happening here. For those of you, as we're talking about building on the rock, as we're talking about building on the word, when you read your Bible and you're like, dang, I don't really know what that says, check other translations to figure out, okay, what is actually happening here? And the reason that I like the message for that instance is sometimes it just kind of paints things in a way that makes it easy to understand. I don't recommend studying from the message because sometimes it takes some paraphrase liberties that can, you know, not be quite accurate, but it can help you. It can help you get there. So I say that all I have to say is, you know, find a translation that works for you, but always compare to others to make sure it's actually communicating what it's intended to be. Amen. All right. So it says over here in verse one out of verse uh, chapter 40, it says, I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked. Finally, he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter 
the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. We need to abandon ourselves to God. When Jesus came into this world, when, when John three sixteen, when God sent his son into this world to pay your price, to pay your ransom, to rid you of your guilt, to get rid of your shame, to cleanse you of your sin, that was him putting you up on the rock. That was him taking you from your, your, your dead state and making you alive again. Now, there might be some of you that maybe you have not made that decision yet, and there will be an opportunity at the end of service tonight. But what that means is when you said, Jesus, I have made you my Lord, you are my Savior, that is him bringing you up and putting you on the rock. But then we now have a choice. Are we going to abandon ourselves and actually build on this rock or not? Say, I'm going to build on the rock. Amen. Over here in John 15, starting in verse 1, I don't know how far we're going to go. I just kind of put the whole chapter because I was just like, let's see what happens. But it says over here, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it, ba- that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean. Already you are clean. Already you've been positioned on this rock because of the word that I've spoken over you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And that word abide is so beautiful and so amazing. If you look into the scripture to figure out what abide means, but it simply means to commit to live within. So if we decide that we are going to not only be placed on the rock, but we're gonna live on this rock. We're gonna abide in this rock. We are going to commit to this rock. We are gonna make a decision to set up camp on this rock. And actually camp's probably a bad idea. Let's not set up, let's set up residence on this rock. Cause to me, camp's like a temporary situation. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna set up camp somewhere, you're like, all right, we're gonna hunker down for a little while. No, we're gonna live here, right? We're not just gonna come hang out on the rock and visit the rock. No, we need to abide in the rock. We need to live in the word. We need to live in the person of Jesus and allow him to live within us, amen? And it says, I am the vine, verse five, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, whoever lives in me and I in them is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and bird, burnt, bird, burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you, com- if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. God wants you to have a great life. God wants you to have a good life. You know, we talk about all the time and I've been making sure I mention to you probably every single week, why not? John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come to give you an abundant life. That word abundant means life to the full, life to the max. That means that it's over excessive, like it's just a ridiculous amount, like it's a good life, a life that you could have never imagined for yourself. That does not necessarily mean that everything's gonna be hunky-dory all the time, but it will be the best for you. 
Like you're still gonna go through things. I'm not trying to promise you and give you false hope here because that's, that would be a lie and I don't wanna lie to you. Like that, that's not what the word of God says. It's not saying like you can just ignore what happens and this doesn't apply to you. No, we just know how to deal with it because we abide in him and we keep his commandments. What, what are keeping his commandments? Love God, love people. So how do we do that? Well, we love God, we learn from God, learn how to love people, and then therefore we start to keep his commandments. And when we build upon the rock, we start to learn, oh, this is what it's like to be kind when I don't wanna be kind. Oh, this is what it's like to be patient when I don't feel like being patient. This is what it's like to not lust when I feel like lusting. This is what it's like to not give into temptation when I want to be giving into that. That's where we're supposed to be. When we, when we build here, when we abide here, we are committing to the process that is God. That this life with him, we are committing ourselves to this rock. You know, I love the imagery that's happening here in John 15 because it talks about how, how Jesus is the vine. He's the true vine, meaning, you know, I don't know if many people know what like vines look like or anything like that if you're a gardener, but I'll, I'll use a tree instead of a vine because I just feel like it's easier. But essentially Jesus is like the trunk of the tree and we are the branches of the tree. But we have to make sure that we are connected to the main trunk. And, and that's a decision that we have to legit commit to. We have to decide that we are going to, this is a little bit weird, but we have to engraft ourselves. We have to engulf ourselves and really make ourselves a part of the tree. We have to decide like, this is my home. I don't know about any of you guys, has anyone in the room ever gardened or has anyone ever seen someone plant a tree before? Anyone seen someone plant a flower before? All of you guys know that that plant, when it gets in the ground, when it gets planted into the ground, it needs to stay there for a period of time so that way the roots can actually begin to take into the ground and become almost essentially a part of that area. And it starts to draw in nutrients and provision so that way it can start to shoot out fruit and leaves and grow and flourish. We as believers, if we want to grow, if we want to flourish, if we want to be great in the things that God has called us to, we have to decide I'm gonna be connected to him. I'm gonna build my life on this rock that he's placed under my feet. Amen? God is asking you to commit yourselves to him and his process because it'll be good for you. You see, the reason that, that, that we need to make sure we are building on the rock that is Jesus is because anything outside of him is sand. You know, we, we, we've been talking about Matthew 7, right? The wise builder builds on the rock and when the floods come, when the storms come, yes, it happens to them, but the house still stands. But the ones that build upon the sand, the rains come, the floods come, and the house is washed away. I don't wanna be washed away by some stuff happening in my life. I don't wanna be in distress and confusion just because some stuff has happened in my life. I wanna be secure, I wanna be solidified because I know where my actual hope comes from. I know where my actual provision comes from and it comes from God and not my own intellect, not my own knowledge, not the things that I'm into. Anything that's outside of the word of God, if we build our life upon it, it's like sand. And I used this illustration last week a little bit, but you know, 
Sometimes in this life, it's really easy to attach ourselves to things that we like or enjoy, whether that be a relationship or maybe that's uh, a certain academic or maybe that's a certain career or maybe it's a substance or or maybe it's this, that, and the other. I don't know what it looks like for you, but we all kind of have this thing that maybe we're drawn to that our heart wants to, and God, you know, he wants these things for you. Maybe not everything, not the substance part, but you know what I'm saying? Like there are things in this world that are okay to have. It's okay to have these desires, but we cannot build build our life around these things because those things, they're fleeting or even sometimes they change. You know, the boyfriend you have may not be the boyfriend you have next week. Some of you in five minutes, you know, I mean, I remember middle school, it was really weird. (laughs) It was like uh, that morning we were dating and all of a sudden by second period, it's like, what, we broke up? I didn't even know. And back then, it was like you had lockers. I didn't even find out until I opened my locker and the note fell out. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been broken up with. I built my life upon you. What am I going to do? And then fourth block comes around. I'm like, oh, there's a new girl. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly how middle school works. It's like you're all about this person until she's gone. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess I got to find another person. Like, we are not supposed to be like that. We're not supposed to be camping out. We're supposed to take up permanent residence. That's how our house stands. That's how we'll be able to be successful in this life. We cannot be temporal. We have to be permanent. And God is the only one that's permanent. Hebrews talks about how he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, meaning his word will always be. What works in his word yesterday is gonna work today and it's gonna work tomorrow. So the things that are going on in your life, the things that you have issue with, the things that you're dealing with, or the things that you desire, the answer is found in the word. Amen? I want to read out of the book of Proverbs. I've been really, really feeling this lately. Over here in Proverbs 3, I'm going to read a lot over here. It's a lot of scripture tonight. Hope that's okay. You guys like scripture? Say, it's a good time to say, yeah, because it's kind of like what we're talking about, you know? I like the word. You guys like the word? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Proverbs 3, starting in verse 1, ESV, it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Man, we could stop right there, and I wasn't even going to stop right there. I want a long life. I want a good life. I want to have a life that actually has peace within it. Like, I don't want to be questioning, you know, what am I going to do about this? How am I going to be able to pay for this? How am I going to go to this school? How am I going to get this job? How am I going to be successful in this? I don't have to worry about that because I know if I put my trust in God and if I lean into him, he's going to help me. And it says, verse three, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. When I was reading that right there, write them on the tablet of your heart, I was picturing like, you know, an ancient person like with a big old stone. He's like nailing this thing in there and he's like permanently engraving. Like that's a permanent situation. Maybe for some of you guys, maybe that might be, let, let, let the word of God be tattooed to your heart. <laughs> like let it be engraved in you to where you're like, I'm gonna live with this. Like the tattoos I have on my arm, like I have to live with this. I've made a choice. I've made a decision. This is where I've set up camp. Oh, sorry. This is where I've set up residence. My analogies are getting all over the place here. Isn't it great? It's awesome. Public speaking is fun. All right. Anyway, the number five, uh, verse number five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Whew. Oh, man. There's so much in just that one verse. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That word lean, when you take it back to the Greek, it literally means support. Do not try to support yourself in the ways that you think you should be supported. Don't try to build your life on the things that you think you need to build your life with. And it says, trust the Lord with all your heart. And that heart means the center of you, the very being that you are, like every area, every avenue of your life, every facet of your, your entire being should be putting the trust in God. And that word trust, when you take it back to the original meaning, it literally means refuge. So God is saying, if you take up refuge in me, if you allow your entire being to take refuge in me and you allow me to support you, if you allow my word to support you, if you allow Jesus to support you, if you rely only on the Holy Spirit rather than your own intellect and your own mind and your own this, that, that is when. It says here in six, it will in all your ways acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. Verse seven, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first food of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof for the Lord reproves whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. So we take up residence in this word. We live out of this word. We seek out his word for insight and wisdom and security and answers and and provision and deliverance and healing. There's so much made available to us through the gift of Jesus Christ. And we have to do our due diligence by actually living out of the word. We have to decide like, this is where I wanna live out of. This is where I wanna take residence. This is where my refuge is. This is my safe place. This is where we're supposed to be. Because it's in here that when I build upon this and I, and I grow in here, you know, even with the discipline, like, you know, that, that sounds like such a bad thing because I'm sure some of you are like, ugh, discipline, like, ugh, I hate getting grounded or I hate getting the belts or whatever it is, you know, I don't wanna, you know, but, but you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds like really harsh or whatever, but most of the time, a good parent, a good guardian, when they discipline you, they're not doing it out of their own pleasure. They're doing it in a way to help you, to grow you, to charge you, to, to elevate you higher, to get you into a place to understand you are better than this. That was so like weird timing. Like God, he didn't want to leave you in the dirt. He didn't want to leave you in the mud. He didn't want to leave you in your sin. He didn't want to leave you in lack. He didn't want to leave you in poverty. He didn't want to leave you in disease and iniquity. He didn't want to leave you in confusion. He didn't want to lead you in depression. He he wanted to, to, to put you into a place to where you have answers and you have a God that wants to deliver you of these things because he died for you. He gave his son for you. What else would he withhold from you? All of it, 
all of the promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. But faith comes by hearing and through the word. So it's hard for me to believe the promises of God, but if I I don't actually get in the word to know what the promises of God are, if I don't figure it out for myself, I can't make you build on the rock. God can't even make you build on the rock. That's not how he operates. He's a gentleman. He gives you the choice. He, he, he says, hey, I've made this foundation available for you. I've sent my son to die for you. Now it's your choice. Are you gonna build up here? Are you, are you gonna choose my son? Are you gonna decide he is the one? Are you gonna decide I will make a house on this rock? I will build on here. I will live here. I will grow here. I'll get rid of some things here. I'll die to some things here, but I will live in him. We gotta be brave enough to make hard decisions and get rid of some foundations that we shouldn't be building on. We live in a time and a dispensation where everyone wants you to build on anything but the word of God. And I don't know why that is per se, because I believe that if everyone just actually did it, they'd be like, oh, this is actually pretty great. (laughs) I don't understand why we were against this for so long because it's awesome. And that's really what God is trying to say in John 15. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. God wants you to be successful. God wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to have this amazing life, but we can't do it in our own strength. We have to decide we're gonna be different. Say, I'm gonna be different. It's not my notes, but I wanna turn over to Romans 12. Starting in verse one. Verse 12, it says, or sorry, verse one, chapter 12, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Meaning we have to get to a place where we're deciding, hey, I'm gonna renew my mind with this word. I'm gonna not be conformed to the ways of this world, but I'm gonna be transformed by him. So that way when things come up to me and they give me the opportunity to attach themselves to my life or build upon them, I can decide and I can figure out by testing against the word, I can say, what is God's will for this? Is it good? Is it acceptable? And is it perfect? When we have questions about, hey, should this be involved in my life? We should be able to find out pretty quickly, is it good? Is it acceptable? Does it please God? You know, if we have a relationship that comes into our life and maybe they're tempting us to do some things that we feel like, oh, maybe we should not be doing those things. We should be able to look at the word and be like, oh, we're not supposed to be doing those things before marriage or talks about how we should not be drunk with the alcohol, that we should not be building our life upon these things, and that we should not be building our life on pleasure, but rather than him and his goodness and his grace and his love. Here's the truth of the matter. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks now. 
And I just feel like it's really important that you understand because life's going to be coming really fast. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're only promised today. Like, I don't know what's going in my tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. If I'm blessed to live another day, then I have another day to continue building in him. I have another day to, to be secure in him. I have another day to be comforted by him. But we have to understand that there will be things that come against us. But Isaiah talks about how when weapons are formed against us, they will not prosper, but it's only for those that are servants of God, those that, that serve God, those that live in God, those that abide in him, those that, that live in him, those that build on the rock, those that do the things that God asks them to do. Those are the ones that get the inheritance of him. That's our heritage, that's our right, that's what we have access to, that when things come against us, when the storms come, when the floods come, our house still stands. You were called, you were appointed, you were created on purpose for a purpose. You know, I, I was made by God, who am I to decide how I'm supposed to live this life? Who am I to decide against my creator, what I'm supposed to be doing. I was created for something. What I don't know. I don't know what I was created for. I have to go to the source. I have to go to the creator to figure out what it is that I'm created for. So I figure out my function. We are righteous men and women of God. Through the work of Jesus, we have been now made righteous through him. We've been made righteous in him because he became sin. He didn't know sin. Second Corinthians 5 talks about he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Righteous people live a righteous life. And so when I commune with God, when I live in him, I learn what it means to be a righteous person. I learn what it means to live a holy life, to do things in a way that brings him the glory. We are meant to do great things in this life, wonderful things in this life, amazing things in this life for God. Ephesians 2.10 talks about how you are a masterpiece in his sight, predestined to do good works. But just because you're predestined doesn't mean that you're automatically gonna do those works. You gotta decide, like, I'm gonna be a part of this. I'm going to accept what I've been created to be and connect myself to my creator. And maybe you don't know what you're called to do, and that's fine. We're all still figuring it out. No one, I don't know that anybody knows 100% for certain what they're supposed to do for the rest of time. If they do, I feel like they're lying because I feel like that that's not true. Maybe you have an inkling. Maybe you know today. Maybe you know like the next you know, foreseeable future. But God is the only one that knows exactly what you're supposed to do. So it is our duty. It, it is in our best interest to stay close to him and build upon him and his teaching, and his word. And so I charge you guys, and I challenge you guys as we leave this, this, this time that we have together tonight to, to really start to analyze in your life, start to analyze what's going on in, in your personal walk with God and figure out, what am I building on? Am I building on Jesus Am I building on the things of God? Am I building on his love? Am I actually digging into his word for myself to figure out who I am and how I'm supposed to interact in this world, how I'm supposed to be in this world? Or am I just kind of like 
Nomad's been talking about for the couple weeks as well. Am I just hearing this word, but I'm not actually listening to it? You know, the book of James talks about faith without action is dead. And I don't know about you, but it takes some action to build some stuff. To build this life, we got to take action with it. I can't expect to, to build on the rock if I don't actually do the work with God. There's some places and, and things that God wants us to get to, but we have to understand that we need him to do it. First Peter 5, starting in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. At the right time, he will lift you up in honor, meaning humble ourselves. We have to say, I cannot do this in my own strength. I cannot do this on my own. And then at that time, he will then elevate you to where you're supposed to be. Maybe in our own strength, in our own mind, and whatever we see for ourselves, we see we're supposed to do this, and we see we're supposed to do that. But I tell you this, just like John 15 says, apart from him, if we recognize, if we don't humble ourselves, it's never really gonna happen. Maybe you could have a good life. Maybe you could have a decent life, but God has the abundant life that's available. God has the best life that's available. So we have to understand that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we have to come under him, humble ourselves, and then we actually get lifted up. If we try to rise up in our own strength and rise up in our own whatever, it will only take us so far. We're only going to get so high in this life or so successful in this life. Or, but his ways and the way that he works in this life elevates us to a life that we could never imagine for ourselves. This abundant life, this good life, the God kind of quality of life, the Zoe, that's what we need. That's what we were destined for. That was what we were predestined for. But it's our choice. Are we gonna build on this rock? Are we gonna get rid of the sand in our life? In all areas of our life, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not just part of your heart, all your heart. God wants, his tr- wants our trust with our whole entire being. In your emotional life in your physical life, your spiritual life, your entire being. God said, put your trust, put your refuge, your entire being in me. And then your paths will be made straight. You'll be prosperous in all your ways and all that you do. Amen. I wanna pray for you real fast before we go. Father God, I just thank you so much for this time we have together, Lord. I just thank you for the person that is Jesus. I thank you for giving him as a gift to us, Father God, allowing us this opportunity and this privilege to actually build our life on something that is worth building upon, that is strong, secure, stable, never shifting, never changing, consistently the same. And so, Lord, I pray that as we leave tonight, We make some bold decisions to get rid of all the sand in our life, to get rid of all the foundations that we might be building on that are not of you, God. Help us analyze what needs to go and what should stay. Help redirect our path that points us to you so we can build on you once again. And before we go, just real fast, like we've been talking about, if if maybe 
you're in this place tonight and, and, and you don't know Jesus. You have not been pulled out of the mud, if you will. You have been going through all the things and all you know is darkness. But now you want to come into the light and now you want to live this life that is fruitful and good that we've been talking about. If you're in this place tonight, you've never accepted Jesus. You've never asked him into your heart. You've never asked him to be the Lord of your life. You've never asked him to be your savior. I wanna give you the opportunity to do so. We mentioned it before. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says that he who knew no sin became sin so you could become righteous. Romans 8, 1 says there's now no condemnation to those who believe. Romans 5, 1 says you've now been justified by your faith in him. So if you're ready to be guilt-free, if you're ready to be shame-free, if you wanna walk in freedom, if you wanna walk in wholeness, if you wanna walk in his goodness, and ultimately, and probably the absolute best thing, if you wanna know and guarantee yourself heaven one day, you have to accept the gift that is Jesus Christ.